This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geeks, show number 164, recorded on April 24th, 2014. Here at Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all your favorite tech gadgets that find their way into your home. News, reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the AverageGuy.tv studios here in Bellevue, Nebraska. God, we were just uh, Dave and I were just talking about that post-show. Thank goodness it is springtime here in Nebraska. No better time to be in Nebraska than in the spring. And we post this show with world-class show notes each week out of the average guy. TV. If you have comments, contributions, or even questions, you can send those to me. Just uh, email jim at theaverageguy.tv. And a few of you have, find me on Twitter at jcollison. Or now call in those questions, 402-478-8450. And actually, Kyle did that earlier. And I think uh, I might try and play those for the show a little bit later or just include that in there. Uh, so call 402-478-8450. And we'll play those right here on the show. And just a reminder that Home Gadget Geeks is now a part of the Geeks Network. Find all the links to this show and many other great podcasts out at thegeeksnetwork.com. You can join us for chat, watch, or listen live and find all the navigation for everything we have live and live too. So live one optimized for your PC, live two optimized for your Surface. Uh, so you can check that out as well. Although maybe not your Surface, David, after, after you dropped it. Uh, and uh, I'll add at theaverageguy.tv. All right, I have David Washington with me. We had David back in the fall, and I've been begging him to come back. Uh, he's had a child. Well, not you, but your wife had a child. Uh, welcome back, David. Good to have you. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I always have fun uh, hanging out with you guys uh, late in the afternoon during the week. So. Yeah, I appreciate I appreciate you coming on in the evenings. You know, oh, it's uh, and you're you're moved into a new place up in the attic, so you're maybe away yeah. from the chaos of that. Good to see you. Yeah. Hey, tell me a little bit what's gone on uh, uh, work-wise uh, for you at Microsoft. We haven't seen you since I think last fall, and uh, yeah. we were talking Surface. Remember, I mean, that was yeah. around the MVP summit and some other yeah. things going on. Lots happened in the last couple months. Yeah, so I think the last time we talked, we just launched Surface 2. We were talking about touch cover. We were talking talking about type cover. So, yeah, a lot of interesting stuff. You might have to remind me on a few things, but, oh, yeah, we got a new CEO. That was... Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, we'll talk about that here in a few minutes. Talk about that. Um, uh, so that's cool. And then um, also Windows Phone, Windows Phone, obviously Build. Um, was the big event um, just a did couple Did you get to go to ago. build? I didn't, but in Minneapolis we host a mini build. So uh, we had a bunch of people in town come to the Microsoft office here. We gave out a few gadgets and um, just watched the live stream and uh, kind of had the discussion about build. So oh, that's kind of cool. It was fun. Um, and it's crazy. I'm still going back and just watching all the sessions because there's just so much content, everything from development stuff, to design guidance, to new hardware capabilities, Internet of Things. Um, so, you know, as a, as a company, you know, I think most people are recognizing how agile and kind of how quickly we're responding to the competitive pressure. So Yeah, that's um, a big change, right? I mean, it, it, yeah. not, <clears throat> I know you probably shouldn't say that, but I mean, it does appear that Microsoft is responding much faster with, with in, in, in more often than they ever have in the past. Well, and I, I mean, there's two ways to kind of speak to that. One is, you know, you can't just magically be there. You have to be well positioned. And 
you know, I'm going to be the only one to say it, but when we took the, you know, took the bet and rewrote Windows, essentially in Windows Vista, was when we was when we rewrote Windows. You know, there was a lot of pain that we came through that, but that was a new platform that really set us up for not only Windows 7 but Windows 8 and a shared core with Windows Phone and Xbox. Um, a lot of that code is available. Um, uh, uh, is is running uh, on the hypervisor for Azure. So you know, yes, we're finally in the position where we can kind of reap some of the benefits of that you know that earlier platform work. Um, and you know, it, it, we are being smart about it. I saw. I really like the way Satya positioned it. He said um, that we're going to compete with a kind of challenger's mindset. You know, there definitely has been a shift in mindset. You know, when I started at the company, I was just a college, you know, college student. You know, back in 2004, I guess. Um, you know, so I just kind of didn't expect, you know, have any attitude. But in the early days, there was kind of a, you know, a, an attitude that you know Microsoft is better on the block. We know how to do things, and we're the kind of biggest player in town. Um, but it's been really refreshing, you know, where. We, you know, we really see ourselves as as just a, another competitor, and, and we want to, you know, challenge and, and kind of unseat the the stodgy rivals, you know, which at one point were were the startups. So what do you mean, like Google and like Google? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're they're the they're ripe for disrupting. Yeah, yeah, no, right on. I mean, yeah. I, I was just reading an article today that the the division lead for Google Plus has left Google. Yeah, and uh, so all may not be rosy there. I mean, certainly they've grown and, oh, and yeah. they are gigantic, and they're going to run into some of those same struggles that Microsoft ran into as it got bigger and and uh, and tried to still can be be competitive. Yeah. So um, you know, Google's a great you know great company. They yeah, deliver yeah. great stuff. But well, um, we're on it right now. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, it's it, it is fun. You know, I'd rather be in our position than, than in their position right now. Yeah, well, you know, I've been an MVP for four years, and uh, on the home server side, and I was just renewed, and you know, home server's gone, and so now I'm a Windows expert from that, and so I've got. I've got some things to learn uh, as far as that goes, and of course, you know, everything we use here is Windows and Windows Phone. You know, I've, I've got a 520. We've talked about that in the past yeah. before, and we'll talk a little bit more about Windows Phone as we as we move forward. But there does seem to be, and let me ask you this question: there does seem to be kind of a renewed vigor uh, since the the CEO change, and yeah. sometimes just a change in leadership. Uh, you know, Steve took the company in one direction for a lot of years, and he was a part of the original management team. I mean, there's just some of that there. Talk from your perspective, just in day in and day out, has the change in CEO changed things for you uh, in, in your roles in a, as a tech evangelist? Not specifically. And, and I'm just talking on my experience. Yeah, like yeah I know, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, just, only talk just, what you're comfortable with. <laughs> yeah, I don't give you any trouble. Yeah, exactly. I'm just one, you know, one employee yeah. at Microsoft. Ten-year anniversary in August, by the way. Oh, sure. congratulations. Yeah. Nice. I'll show you. I don't know if you've ever seen these things. We get these like crystals. Oh, oh wow! So um, this is the five-year crystal, and then in August I'll get a massive yellow, like ten-year crystal, and then there's a twenty-year that's even wow. bigger. So you yeah. kind of can create like a some sort of, you know, thing that will let you melt ants or something like that. Well, on the on the MVP side, they gave us this crystal thing. Oh, okay. And it's got a spine on it, and every year you get uh, you just oh, that's cool. 
Yeah, you just slide that in, and it just stacks up. And that's uh, so smart. I've got you know 2011, 2012, 2013, and now 20. That's good. That's good. It's smart that they fit together. These they yeah. you just set them next to each other. But yeah. Anyway, going back to your your uh, question, um, actually, what's funny is I did my first internship at Microsoft um, in 2002, and I don't remember the entire timeline if it was before or after I did my internship, but I remember Bill Gates. I think had just stepped down as CEO, um, and it was like a I, he either had just stepped down or just announced he was going to step down. Uh, I remember we just uh, we just shipped XP um, I think at the time, but um, it was really kind of like oh like you know there's this new guy Balmer like I wonder what that you know what's going to come of that, and you know Balmer has been great you know, like he's you know we've. We've taken some big bets, you know. We've had some, you know, some changes. We've had some surprises. We've had an entire market change around us, you know. Like there's been, it's been an interesting time. But um, I think what you're seeing over the last, you know, what you're seeing now is, like I said, a culmination of a lot of smart thinking, a lot of smart people, a lot of smart decisions um, that are kind of, you know, starting to come to fruition. Um, even if you go. To you know, Windows 7, the Windows 7 build, which was in 2008, PDC 2008. Sorry, not build, PDC. Um, the shirts said Windows 7, a solid foundation for new possibilities. So it was just kind of like, kind of a weird phrase at the time because we were like, Windows 7 is great. Like, why does it have to be a foundation for something else? But looking back, you're like, wow. Like, actually, that is true. Like, Windows 7 was just like a base core that we can start to build, you know, the future on. Yeah, that core has shown up in a lot of places now, right? Yeah. I mean, where else is that besides Windows 7 at this point? So um, the Windows, you know, kernel and a, b a bunch of the kind of Windows components, um, including some of the, the development platform WinRT, is on Windows Phone 8.1, uh, Windows 8.1, and uh, it runs inside of uh, what's kind of like a virtual machine on the Xbox. So a lot of the apps that you use on your Xbox One are actually essentially Windows 8 apps uh, that use the WinRT programming model, um, and you know that's something that's like you know that convergence you know is really powerful because you know if you go even you know six months ago we we didn't have anything to talk about there, but now you know we're, we're just really coming together and we have um, you know really one platform for the phone, the tablet, the laptop, desktop, and the TV. And now we actually have a lot of great apps on there, tons of users. So I think what we're going to see is a pretty big shift where people are going to start building a lot more apps for it. And, um, you know, since we have that converged platform, it'll be a more kind of viable user option too. So I'm excited. Yeah. And it seems like Windows Phone is positioned or is, uh, should have been or can be positioned pretty well for the enterprise. You're probably on the forefront of that as you talk about that. Yeah. It hasn't seen – I, I don't think we've seen large-scale adoption in the enterprise yet. We're still uh, bring your own device and yeah. those kinds of things. Uh, can you talk to any of that from uh, – and I'm not, again, I'm not asking you to forecast anything or give yeah. anything away, but what are you guys talking about as we talk about Windows Phone in the enterprise? Yeah, so um, you're totally right about – um, bring your own device, and I think you know, kind of like we were talking about the industry changing. Um, you know, IT departments are kind of in the same boat. Like, I, they probably would would rather they had a little bit more control over what was out there, 
but it's like the reality is people have some of the most powerful devices um, that they bring with them in their pocket. So, um, you know, I, I, and uh, when it comes to IT departments actually making a choice for which devices they prefer, um, I think we've done a lot of good stuff in Windows 8.1 and Windows Phone 8.1 um, to kind of make that possible. Um, there's this thing, Workplace Join. I don't know if you've heard of that thing. We'll talk a little um, bit about it for maybe who folks who don't. Yeah, know. if you don't, it's it's kind of like a um, a, a domain join, um, but you don't want to join your phone to a domain because as soon as you join it to like Active Directory, then you know that corporation owns your phone, right? And they can wipe it and do all this stuff. Um, so Workplace Join is kind of domains designed for that bring your own device scenario. So as soon as you log in with your credentials uh, into the workplace, then um, that IT department can push apps, settings, credential access to files. It basically just gives that device access to things that it wouldn't have otherwise. And it actually lets them you know, push those apps onto their start screen. And then what's cool is let's say you're just a consultant or a contractor and you're only there for six months or maybe you get fired or you leave the job. So what happens then? Like usually that's a concern is IT, the IT departments are like, oh, all my sensitive data just left with that employee. So with Workplace Join, they can kill bit all of that sensitive IT, uh, all that sensitive resources from the server side and those things just disappear from the phone. So you kind of have all those resources, all the files, all of the access to SharePoints, all of the apps, they just disappear like they were never there. So it's not like you have to wipe, you know, a phone that you don't own, um, you know, to, to, to actually be safe there. Yeah, because that's the solution today. I mean, I have my Android. I, I've got my Android phone attached to our network. Yeah. Um, actually, I don't right now. But yeah. typically I do, uh, yeah. and it would, they would just wipe the whole thing clean. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Just, oof, just gone. Yeah, exactly. Exchange Active Sync on Android, it's kind of, it's all or nothing. You yeah, know, and exactly. I'd love to have more granularity or more control over that. Yeah. Um, I'd also love Sprint to have a better Windows phone. That would be, <laughs> that would be awesome as well. And yeah. and you know, hopefully that uh, that piece will come along. Yeah. Um, I'd love to see, and I know um, you know Windows 8 or uh, Windows Phone 8.1 brings some more network or some more enterprise control over the phones that didn't exist yeah. before. Yeah, exactly. And so there's some more controls that are coming. Yep. So. Um, the workplace join thing is one, and then also the, the a big one is um, VPN. So you can actually VPN directly into your network, and and it's funny because you look at eight one Windows Phone eight one, you're like, wow, how did they add all these features? Like this is crazy. In like you know, like what has it been like eight months? Like that's crazy. But really, what you're seeing is them turning on Windows Phone team is turning on all of those Windows eight features that are already in that same... It's already in the kernel. Exactly. Yeah. So um, not, not in the kernel, but well, it's, you know, it's really Windows, so we can right. just kind of port those things over and, and turn them on. So um, you know, that's, it's just like uh, evidence of that agility that we get by, by sharing code across phone and, and, uh, and uh, Windows 8. Good. Uh, let's talk a little bit. I, I got a couple questions from chat, so let me throw yeah. those in real quick. A little bit random. Uh, Kevin Schoonover asked if I could ask you about your Reddit post on smart things and Windows. Oh Phone. yeah, awesome. Yeah. Talk a little bit. He tracked it down. Cool. Talk a little bit about that. 
Sure. Um, you said it would so, be great. Live tiles would be great with smart. Oh things. yeah, wouldn't that be so good? Um, I'm just curious. Uh, does does he have a smart things right now? Well, uh, Kevin, yeah, he is installing smart things devices in his home right now. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah, we so, talked a little bit about that. I had Kevin on the po on the podcast uh, three or four weeks ago, okay. and he was just starting to install some of it. You know, we've talked about Nest. Yep. We've talked about smart things here on the podcast. Yep. So yeah. Yeah, so um, I'm up here in Minneapolis, and one of the, you know, there's a really great startup culture and community here. Um, there's an in incubator-like thing called Coco, which is where startups kind of get together and do co-working space. Um, and one of the um, kind of big startups that, that came, I think it came out of, um, came out of that, the, the Coco is um, SmartThings. And... Um, now they have a great space uh, downtown, and I got to know them pretty well. Um, they have a great, you know, great offering where you essentially can take over your your home with an app that you can control using your phone. Um, and they have a lot of smarts about it. Like you don't have to like open the app and turn a light on. It's like, oh, once I actually get to the door, then you know, do the right thing essentially. So. Um, I love what they're doing, and I think that they're they have the right mindset about it because they really think about it as a platform. Um, they want to be the best way to to control all of your you know kind of disconnected Internet of Things devices, um, and not just kind of think about one offering. Uh, so people can plug into them. You can write custom scripts and apps. So um, they've got a good point of view. But they only have an iOS and Android app right now. So I spent you know spending a lot of time. You know, kind of harping on them. Hey, we need to get get you to to make an app. Um, and um, one of the things that comes up in all of my conversations about building app and Windows uh, apps for Windows Phone and Windows 8 is, you know, it's it's seen as being kind of an untested, you know, space, you know, unt untested platform. And you know, um, one thing that we found is that you know, there's over uh, I think at this point with Windows Phone and Windows 8, there's over 200 million people using those devices. So um, in terms of user base, it's actually pretty big. Um, the challenge, though, is if you're someone like SmartThings and you're trying to overlap your user base with the Windows Phone user base, then you're like, I just don't know. So what I did is I was like, well, you know, there's probably people not buying your thing because you don't have an app and you don't know, like, Windows Phone people, we're very enthusiastic, we love, you know, we, we love what we choose, we're not going to switch to iPhone to buy your thing. So um, I started that Reddit post, and it was awesome, the response was, I wasn't surprised, actually, but the response was overwhelming, you know, like, if, I, I love my Windows Phone, but today there's very few kind of native Internet of Things, to, you know, plugins and apps. You know, there's some really good offerings like Phonos for my Sonos, um, but you know, people Philips Lightbulb doesn't think to make the Windows Phone app yet, and it's they're just precluding precluding themselves from from all of those Surface and and uh, Windows Phone users who would be likely to choose their thing. So um, so it's a great great thing. Um, they definitely saw the response from that. Um, I don't have any commitment commitment yeah, yeah. to anything, sure. but um, I work with this guy uh, Andrew um, at SmartThings, and he's a really great guy. And um, he was kind of like kept asking me for the last few months. So like, 
can I write like some JavaScript uh, for Windows 8? And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, you can write a great JavaScript app for Windows 8. Can I write one for Windows Phone? And I was like, uh, not really yet, but keep, stay tuned. And he's like, okay. And then it's a different app for Windows Phone and Windows 8. And I was like, oh, like let me get back to you on that. So with the build announcement in this, the concept of unified apps, which is like one app, and it can be JavaScript or C Sharp and XAML, um, can run on Windows Phone and Windows 8 is huge. Um, and I'm sure you know folks like them would be even interested to run on your Xbox. Like, oh, you've got your Xbox booted up. Say connect, turn off the lights. You know, I'm going to play games. Yeah. So go that's, to theater mode. Exactly. Yeah. Ooh, just with them, yeah. Exactly. So that's things that they're going to get on the Windows overall platform. It's not just Windows and Windows Phone. It's like the Windows platform that you're not going to get on a phone platform or a, or a, or like a Chrome or a, what's it called Chromebook you know yeah. platform. So yeah, well, so cool. yeah, I mean, yeah, that was great. I was really excited to see the redditors, Windows Phone redditors, jump in there and and you know respond. So that was great. Very cool. Yeah, that's a that's a good that's a good response. We uh, we tried to get their CEO to come on the show and talk a little bit about. Oh no way! It, and they wouldn't. Uh-huh. They, they they turned me down. I know a few people. I can. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll take you up on that. I'd love I'll, to have him on yeah. the show. I'll, yeah. I'll I'll kind of reintroduce you. I don't. Yeah. I don't think I've ever met their CEO face to face. But there's this guy Ben Edwards, who's one of the co-founders. He lives in D.C., um, but he comes back to Minneapolis quite a bit. And he's there. I think he's their community guy now. So he oh, like well, yeah, trying maybe, to get the word out, trying to get yeah. exposure. So maybe I got to the wrong guy. You know. Yeah. So if you if you run into those guys and just say, yeah. hey, I know this tech podcast. They'd love to. Because we did a couple shows around it, we talked about it, we went in depth, and I sent a yeah. note and said, "Hey, we'd love to have Ben come on." And no, uh, Eric, what's their CEO's name? I don't remember. Uh, I forget too. I've never met him actually. Yeah, hopefully, you won't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> I realized I've forgotten his name. But uh, anyway, so we'd love to have smart things. You know, with Home Gadget Geeks, another change yeah, since exactly. we had you on. We were home tech, too general, too broad, and so we really. Wanted to get more gadgety, so to yeah. speak, with stuff, and of course, this uh, this lines right up with it. Sure. Um, let me ask you another question from chat, and it's something we plan to chat uh, to work on, anyways. In today's uh, earnings call, I think that was today. Yeah. Um, uh, they talked a lot about the commitment to cloud, mm-hmm. and so what what are you seeing? Of course, Azure is the platform of the future for Microsoft yeah. going forward. Microsoft yeah. Azure now, as opposed to Windows Azure, which yeah. was a change. What are you seeing, or what are you hearing, or what what would you like when we talk about cloud? And let me, from my perspective, let me say this: I've been working with Azure now since the summit, the MVP summit okay. in November. I got introduced there, and I thought, oh, this is cool, right? And as an MSDN subscriber, I get a hundred dollars credit on yeah. Azure, so I can mess around with it. Yeah. New offerings are coming out all the time. You know, <laughs> uh, it, the storage prices are dropping as yeah. of next week. I mean, like sixty percent drop yeah. in storage prices next yeah. week. It's hard to spend that 150 bucks. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. I'm having a hard time. I mean, I've I've even bumped up a few sites, and I'm running a Windows <laughs> Server 2012 R2 Essentials instance yeah. out there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for our home server stuff, and it, I'm still not really blowing through that 100 bucks. So, yeah. talk a little. What What would you like to, or what What are you hearing, or what do you know about direction that cloud is going, and and what Microsoft's doing around the cloud? Yeah, I. It's funny. I, I've given a few kind of. Uh, dev workshops on Azure, and the thing, the way I think about it is, um, any place where you're doing, you're managing something besides just writing code, mm. 
like, and this is my paraphrasing the vision, you're doing it wrong, right? Like, you shouldn't have to, like, plug in servers, and you shouldn't necessarily even have to install updates, or even care what OS your database is running on, or even have to worry about a, a connection stream, right? So those are kind of, like, things that you have to deal with now, right? But they're just getting in the way of you getting your ideas or your business out there. So if you look at Azure today, um, it has offerings across the entire spectrum based on kind of your comfort and your business's ability to take advantage of them, right? Like some businesses really have a well-known, you know, topology and they just need to spin up one more server and they really not they really like to not buy, like, the fans to cool that server, right? So, you know, they can take an image of that server, a VHD, upload that VHD to Azure, you know, even if it's a LAMP stack or Linux, just, like, upload it and then that just add that completely to their environment as if it was in their machine. And then there's more platform-as-a-service stuff, like um, what we're doing with SQL, right? Like, maybe you want to just spin up a SQL instance, and it's actually SQL Server, so you can you can actually make those connection strings. But let Microsoft handle updating the you know doing the Windows updates and Patch Tuesdays, and worry about which what like what's what version of server it's on. And then of course there's the full software as a service stuff where we're seeing um, key value uh, storage, table storage, uh, Azure Mobile Services, where it's really kind of further abstracting those kind of you know, basics of, you know, managing how many instances you have, and it's just like load. You pay per minute of CPU time that you're using on, um, you know, for, for, uh, for a, a table, for instance. Mm -hmm. So, um, and, you know, I, I can see that continuing to go in that direction. Any place where we kind of see that we can, um, you know, take advantage of economies of scale, Right and not you not having to pay for all that unused CPU time or unused whatever then um, or extra configuration and updates like all that money that you're spending to do that um, you can you can spend on your core kind of ideas um, and it's funny because you know I talk to a lot of IT departments and they're like um, you know I've talked to people who are you know pe people who work in the IT departments and you know sometimes they're like oh I'm you know is that gonna mean that my job's at risk, you know, because, we're, you know, if I take us to the cloud, and that's not the case. It's just a matter of changing focus. Um, it can be about managing load or managing, um, you know, what, what we see is instead of an IT department actually having to, you know, pull servers from a rack, then it's about allocating the right amount of Azure based on budget to the teams that need it at the right time and taking it away when they don't have it. Yeah, so and protecting it, protecting teams from one another. Exactly, right? exactly. Yeah. And there's still advanced network topologies. All of the kind of experience that all of those IT managers have is still needed um, and still can be used. It's just not you don't have to necessarily do it. Um, you know, in you know, like plugging stuff in. Yeah, you know, so I bought, I have a dual Xeon uh, big Dell box that actually sits right underneath this oh, desk. Awesome. This, this keyboard right here is the, you know, the kids' keyboard monitor. And it, when I fire that thing up, you know, the lights dim. Yeah. And, the, and it, it's hot. I mean, it creates, in the winter, it's not bad. It kind of warms yeah. up the basement really nice. Yeah. And it runs at about 345 watts. I've put a kilowatt meter on that thing, right? And, and, oh, so, wow. 
I try to be environmentally friendly in what I'm doing, but that's a lot of juice, right, yep. from that standpoint. And I'm, I'm really, I mean, I'm seriously, that's why I went to Azure and I said, well, can I do the exact same thing in the cloud? And, and one of the drawbacks, right, from a home server perspective is I can't do backups. I can't do bare metal backups to mm. Azure yet, right? Mm -hmm. That's still not available to me. So for the guys who listen to us on Home Server Show uh, at homeservershow.com, that's still not available there. But I could get, I can get a complete 2012 instance up. And guess what? I don't have to pay the $500 for the licensing yeah, yeah, yeah. for that, right? I'm just paying yeah. for, for uh, per CPU or whatever yeah. I decide to buy. And I actually have an instance spinning right now. It just runs. It's on a shared hosted environment. Not doesn't have to go very fast. And I pay, yeah. I, I pay almost nothing for it. Yeah. Let me ask you a really practical, I think, uh, user question. So yeah. I want to host. So a lot of the listeners have been asking me, Hey Jim, can I get video files? Right? Can mm -hmm. I get the video content? for for the show and we today we post it to YouTube but some mm -hmm. folks want me to create an RSS feed so they can download the video okay. to their phone as well and watch it uh -huh. but would it be smart for me to create uh, you know today I have a host provider that does it for me but I could create a domain or, or a site right on Azure yep. that would have that storage for me you know these video files are pretty large and they consume some bandwidth when people download them mm -hmm. from what you know if you're recommending it to me is Azure the right platform to spin that up and host my video files from them? That's an interesting question. That's it's with any kind of question like that, it needs to be evaluated, sure, right? Sure. Like based on how many, you know, like how many, you know, given the file size and how many people are likely to download it, then you can kind of calculate what the bandwidth is. And Azure has a great pricing calculator. So before you even do it, you could just move the sliders like, oh, I'm using, let's say you're going to use 100 gigabytes of bandwidth every month. Um, it's like, okay, you know, maybe that's like not so bad. But it's like, oh, actually, it's more like 10,000 gigabytes. It's like, well, then, then that might be a little bit, a little bit more tricky. get popular, I mean, that's yeah. things, if it yeah. gets really popular and people start. Um, and I don't know, like, and that's where in some cases um, there's like some slower, more throttled bandwidth servers where you can be more economically kind of uh, uh, viable. But then there's also, you know, with there's enough flexibility that you could set up your own um, set up your own kind of system for making sure that you don't eat through all of your eat through all of your budget. Um, I know that there's some folks uh, actually here in in town that are doing some stuff with Azure and video, but I just don't know enough about it to really okay. yeah. speak intelligently. No, that's right. I, just, I I thought I'd run that by you as a you oh. know. Because that's what that's one of those things. I was thinking, well, okay, so I'm waiting till May first because the prices drop dramatically, yep. the storage yep. prices and bandwidth. You know, I think that's just going to keep happening. I think uh, you know Amazon and and Rackspace and those those groups will just continue to cut prices on their way down. Google uh, as well is yep. is in that market space, and so Microsoft's responding. Yeah, and that's good for us, right? I mean, yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, exactly. And what we find is everyone's just finding more efficiencies, more ways to, you know, cut costs, and and that's getting turned around to the to the consumer. So that's good. Well, and I, I always viewed Azure as being the expensive option. That's uh, you know a year ago maybe yeah. when we were talking really about are. cloud. It was like okay, that's the expensive option. In your experience, is it is it catching up? Is it getting oh, as yeah. economical? We're totally. It's totally. We, we match and beat in many in many vectors. So, um, you know, if you compare us to AWS, then you're it's we're we're cheaper in, in most of the cases. Okay. So, uh, we've been really really competitive there. 
Yeah, and and I'll just remind uh, the listeners that if you want to try Azure, there is a 30-day you can get uh, a, a 30-day trial of that if you head out there. Just to go to to uh, I think it's well, you can do WindowsAzure.com for sure, mm-hmm. but I'm sure Microsoft Azure is that is that working? Yeah. Now? Um, just a name change, a brand new name change. You Azure, so. Azure.com. Oh, Azure, just just Azure works. There huh? you go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, very good. So Azure.com. There's a 30-day trial if you want to if you want to do that, and I think you get in the trial you get a hundred dollar credit as well or something like that. Yeah. And you can really do quite a bit for a hundred bucks. Um, have you seen or or know anything about desktop virtualization on Azure? Is that I know that's still not really there, but have you heard anything coming? Where what, I can, what do you mean by desktop virtualization? So completely go Windows 8. I mean, la- allow me to run a Windows oh, 8. Oh, I see. Azure. Yeah, right now um, there are some restrictions about what VMs are available, mm-hmm. um, and I think they actually block if you try to upload a Windows 8 VM, they actually block that. I had a guy try that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the good news is, like, if you take Server R2 and just turn on Desktop Experience Pack, you have all the Windows 8. You can run all the apps and stuff like that. Okay. So some people, you know, in terms of actual consumer scenarios, it's not quite meant for that yet. But um, let's say you're a developer and you want to just write code and you've got a, a Surface, you know, and you love that Surface because the battery lasts all day. Um, that's actually a, a encouraged option. Actually, is to spin up maybe a server R2 VM with Visual Studio on it. There's some nice pre-configured ones on there. Then your development window is always just open and ready to code in, and you don't even have to save. You just like walk away, and your window is there. And then you you know like it doesn't matter what you remote into. It's always the same PC, the same environment, and it's it's. I mean, that's a lot of people are doing that as a way to kind of set up a dev shop yeah. um, without that's actually a, buying new hardware. That's a really good tip. I had not thought to to run R two. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'll have to give that a try. I've got an instance running out there. I'll have. Yeah, to. exactly. You can put Visual Studio on there, or yeah. even put your apps on there, and just kind of set it up the way you want it, and then just connect in, and then it's ready to go. Yeah. Well. Sometimes, I mean, some of the things I've been testing are uh, rendering and doing some of those things that take a lot of juice that I'd rather pay, you know, so if I'm going to do a bunch of video rendering, I'd rather move the files up there, render them up there, take the, you know, increase the CPU power when I need it, and then just, when I'm done, just zip zip it back down, (laughs) you know, take it to the the max, fire it up and go, and... uh, That's awesome. You, if you crank it up to the max, like, does it just fly through that stuff? You know, I have not. So here's the problem. Up to date, up till now, the doing video edits on that box is painful. Yeah. It's, cool. it's not designed for that kind of... And if you look at those, if you compare an Azure server to, like, what you have on your desk, you know, like, it, it has access to a lot of CPU power. But what it doesn't have access to is a lot of graphics memory or graphics card because they're essentially kind of off-the-shelf components for graphics. So um, I think there might be some options which are kind of optimized around graphics scenarios, but I I don't know. I need to spend some more time during the winter, uh, during Christmas time. I had some time, and and so I spent a bunch of time kind of researching and looking at it, and it didn't at the time it didn't work. Now, audio is a completely different story. Mm -hmm. That's a little bit easier. Yep. To get up there and to edit, and then you know if you've got long now those don't typically take a long time. But again, I'm thinking of just scenarios for the average user. Yeah. And yeah. if you have those CPU intensive uh, whatever that you're doing, if you can get it there, 
Mm-hmm. Just crank it up, and I've done this a couple times. I've yeah. you know just to test it, cranked it all the way, you know, gave it four CPUs and sixty-four yeah. gig of memory, and said go, and then yeah. you know, and then you just you can take it right back down. So exactly, um, pretty cool. Even yeah. stuff like sh- scheduling a job is great because you can't you can't always rely on having your PC on or something like that. But scheduling tasks that can run you know, every night at a certain time and just be ready to go in the morning. Yeah, well, and there's some free options. Even, you know, you get 10 free websites there yeah. using their shared, uh, and I talk about this all the time and why people don't take me up on it, I do not know. Mm-hmm. But there is 10 free websites, including a WordPress, which you yeah. can install, which is literally three clicks to install WordPress. Yeah. I, mean, I run I run my blog on, on Azure, on my Azure mm-hmm. on WordPress, so... Yeah, me too. So my my personal blog, theaverageguy.me, is all Azure on the on the backside, and yeah. uh, and it's great. And I now I've moved it uh, into a shared uh, um, you know shared environment, so I can yeah. take advantage of the domain the, uh, domain pieces. Yep. I do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's great, and I think I'd pay maybe a couple bucks a month if I were. I mean, it comes right off the top of the credit that I have out there. Yep. But I think if I were a paying customer. Three bucks a, bu- a month, maybe three, yeah, four exactly. bucks a month, which is what you're gonna pay for cheap GoDaddy. Yeah, thing. exactly. And you get a, you get some real power. Yeah, you, you can log in. Popular. Yeah. You can just slide, just yeah. log in, slide it over. You know, exactly. okay. I need, I need a dedicated CPU with. I think the bottom, the small version is like a gig and a half of RAM or something yeah. in a, in a yeah. single CPU. So, yeah, um, some some pretty good stuff. So, okay, well, anything else on on cloud that you want to highlight? Um, oh, you get ten free uh, mobile. Um, yep, mobile services. Those mobile are great. Services. If you're a developer, it's like there's it's amazing whether you're doing PhoneGap or Windows Phone or iPhone. You can just like go download these like samples. And they're already pre-configured to talk to that. So if you're doing like a game leaderboard in like a video game or like a, a to-do list, you know, it's it's just you're gonna have a better app if it's cloud connected. It's kind of expected now. So um, Azure is just like definitely the easiest way to kind of just add that to your app or game. I should do that because I've been I've been using my to-do list inside of OneNote. And, yeah, and I get I get to it from anywhere, but I don't like the formatting of it. Mm-hmm. This might be a nice exercise, is to create my own yeah. app, so to speak, using the the mobile exactly. services. Exactly, and, and you could and, yeah, and you know if you've got you know you've got an Android phone and a Windows phone, doesn't matter, it's the same app, just like right, yeah, and that's on. what I'm looking for, just the same. I want the same experience across all of them. Yeah. And uh, and that going forward, let's talk a little bit about Windows Phone because uh, yeah. you're you're all, you're all in on that. And all in. I don't know if we necessarily need to rehash all the features, but let me that that came out with this. Yeah. Uh, one of the ones I really like, uh, and that's most noticeable, of course, is those tiles. Uh, oh yeah. On any of the devices expanding across, so I'll show that here. This is a little 520, mm-hmm. and you used to only be able to get uh, really two rows of the big tiles, and now you've got three, the capability, yep. which is really nice. Kind of re-energized my phone a little bit. I mean, there's some new things coming. <laughs> and David, the the na- the navigation on this thing is dynamite. Yeah. I mean, it's you don't. It's I don't even have. This isn't even. I don't even have cell service on this thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just bought it. It's AT and T, yeah. but I didn't buy a plan with it. Yeah. It still navigates like crazy. What are you? What kind of things did with with the new eight? You know, eight point one. Yeah. That you're you're really liking. This is this is my phone here. And you can see, I actually like the larger tiles because they're easier for me to tap, and I, I like to be efficient when I tap on those. But um, the thing that I the thing that I hooked into here 
is I use the, you can set an image as the background for any tiles that have the default color. So it's actually kind of fun. I don't know if you guys can see it on there, but when, okay. I, scroll, when I scroll up, then my son's head kind of peeks up to a little gap oh. in the tiles. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and they did a really nice job, you know, with the parallax and everything to make that yeah. look really slick. And then I'm always using, you know, notification center from the top and um, just a lot of nice details across the board. Cortana is like, you know, I had an iPhone for a while with Siri and um, it was a toy, right? But Cortana is actually a really powerful thing. It's like not a toy. Like um, the thing I use all the time is Reminder. Um, you know, remind me when I get to the grocery store that I need to get eggs or um, remind me when I get home to take the garbage out. Um, all those things, it uses the geofencing. Um, remind me when Joel calls um, that, I, that I need to give him, give him uh, you know, my book or whatever. So, you know, there's just like a lot of really powerful stuff baked in, and I'm always kind of finding something else. Um, you know, weather and sports scores, scheduling appointment is really fast. But, yeah, I'm really using that all day. And the thing that's kind of funny is we didn't necessarily announce this um, as part of Build or part of 8.1, but if you go to the store, which is also redesigned, by the way, and really nice, there's a lot of really great apps, like some of the best apps like that you can get. Um, some of them only on Windows Phone, some of the ones that are cross-platform. Um, it's funny, I'm loving Bridge, Bridge Constructor is kind of my new one. But I always go there, and there's a fresh app. You know, like I remember, you know, there was a time you go to the iPhone, you go to the uh, Windows Phone, and you know, there's some good apps, but you know, they're not really fresh and not not necessarily the best ones. Um, now I always have kind of what I'm looking for. I always have some of the best apps out there, um, and it really makes a difference in your experience. It makes me kind of love love my phone, except for SmartThing. I need that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, maybe it'll just show up. In the, yep. in the store here uh, pretty quick. They'll be like, oh, yeah, Windows Phone. Maybe we got to yep. get one of those out there. Yeah. Yep. I, I gave them a phone, though, so they, they, they've got all the – they've got everything nice. they need to upload Yeah, good. Yeah, well, I think, uh, you know, with the live tiles and some of those other things, there's certainly there are some opportunities there. Oh, yeah. Um, you mentioned Xamarin a little bit earlier. Uh, yeah. What Tell me a little bit because that hasn't – I know that's been talked about, from a, but from a dev perspective, what does that really mean going forward for Microsoft? Yeah, so Xamarin um, is just an option. Like, Microsoft doesn't pretend to think that we're the only show in town, right? Like, we don't think that you're only going to build an app for Microsoft, right? Like, that, that, it's just not realistic for anyone to really think that. Um, given, you know, people are going to choose the phone that's like that, that works the most for them. And... Something that we know because we actually like developers and we don't like punishing them, unlike our competitors, uh, is that it's very painful and expensive to write an app that runs on multiple platforms. So we really believe in um, having being able to share that code. Um, if you know, if you look at some of our core technologies, uh, being able to write an HTML JavaScript app um, that runs on Windows Phone and Windows 8, um, that's you know a, one way that we're showing that. Um, another thing is, um, you know, with Xamarin, it's the same deal. You get C Sharp, um, and you can program against, um, you can write a Windows 8 app, of course, and uh, or Windows Phone, 
and you can have that code uh, run on uh, on iOS and Android. So um, it's it's not necessarily that like you know that it's like anything particularly crazy about Xamarin specifically. We just believe in these kind of middleware platforms that help make developers easy. Another example here is Unity. So everyone loves games. Um, some of the best games that you play, 3D and 2D games, on your phone are um, Unity games. That, um, and Unity is just a game designer that um, lets you export to any platform, iOS, Android, or uh, even BlackBerry or Windows Phone. So um, that's another one that we believe in, and, and we, we have a lot of great partnerships with them on making sure that people can make great games. Yeah, and, and everybody can write and get on all the platforms. I, yeah. I really appreciate that. We did. I did an interview last week. I was at a tech conference, and I've uh, been doing this thing where I take all my podcasting gear to these tech conferences, and I get a booth, and I sit down, and I, I, I just email the session speakers and say, hey, will you come into my booth and talk to me for 25 minutes about what you talked about, right? It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And so I talked to an engineer the other day who from HDR, a local uh, uh, design firm here. They're architects. What they they right. build big buildings. And one of the things he talked about when he said Unity, they're actually he's he's using Unity as a you you know as a back uh, or as the the engine for because CAD is too slow, right? When they yeah. develop these big buildings, it might take days for that CAD design to render, even on some of the best computers. Wow. But Unity does it in real time. Wow. And so they're trying to use Unity to write, you know, they, they'll take the structure and load it on, on top of the Unity engine and it will and only render those things in the areas that you're currently at, right? Yeah, exactly. And so yeah. you can do real-time changes and then it will upload that to the plan and then you can pull yeah. that plan off the top, which I think is very, very cool. The other thing you talked about is using, a, you know, eventually if you load that tab in, or if you load that building in that kind of engine using an augmented reality. So take your Surface. Yeah. Hold it up to the wall, and in a sense, it becomes an X-ray, right? Because yeah. it's aware of where it's at in the building and what yeah. it's looking at. Yeah. And then it has the plans, and it uses that inner, that uh, that in, that the engine and the, the gaming engine in the background to render in real time what's behind that, you know, what's behind the drywall here. No, yeah, exactly. Is it wires? Is it? I mean, that's pretty cool. Isn't that cool? That's awesome. I love that. Yeah, I yeah. love it. That's a great. Yeah. Who really would have thought, good. right? You would you you would use a game engine. gaming engine. Well, and that's not the only example. I know a guy who's making a light box, so like a like a, a, a basically a simulator for light photography lighting, uh, not a light box, but a, a lighting simulator. So you set up your room, and then you place lights in the game environment to know that you got the lighting right, and then you go buy those lights so you can set up your photo shoot. Oh wow! So. You know, it doesn't have to be just games. It's just a powerful yeah. graphics. No, graphic and it, it was a for me that was kind of a, a change in my thinking because, mm -hmm. you know, you always think of games and you're like, oh yeah, but it's really good at instant rendering. I mean, yep. that's what they're designed for. And yep. so, anytime you want, especially in the area of augmented reality, mm -hmm. you, you you know you want you want to render those things, but you don't want to render the whole thing. You yep. know, yep. Uh, thinking about that and simulations and stuff like that. So. Um, just what you said reminded me of that. I thought that yeah. was pretty cool. Well, for the regular listeners to the show, that'll show up on theaveragegeguy.tv in a couple weeks. Okay. Well, I'll be leaking those interviews that we did, and nice. uh, and so so pretty cool. So, anything else on uh, on the phone that uh, that you're pretty excited about coming that that came down with 8.1? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's awesome. The browser. Oh yeah, it's I, I probably um, IE11 is the thing. Sure. Because you know, 
on the, on the Windows Phone 8, you had kind of a very clearly phone version of IE. The zoom and rendering was all a little different, whereas now you have all of the features, reading mode, tabs, um, tabs access to all of your, like you can actually open up a tab from your tablet. So let me see, this would probably work up. I can open up, um, there's a list here of like in IE of all of my other computers that have logged in with my ID here. And in here I think I see uh, Snack Pro and then uh, there's the Average Guy podcast right there as a tab because I've got it open right now. Nice. So um, just stuff like that, it just makes it a much kind of more powerful platform. Um, and then playing video, uh, before Windows Phone uh, 8.1, we didn't play videos in line. They'd have to play full screen. Um, so, and that was kind of a bummer because if there was ads in the video, it wouldn't play correctly. So now it's all, you know, the same rendering um, pipe as, as i11 on the desktop. So it's really, really nice and really good. Very cool. Now some good stuff with 8.1 for sure. Easy to get to if you just yeah. download that little developer app. Yep, exactly. Run it, and it automatically updates. Tim Black was saying in chat he really liked the fact that now the apps update in the background. Oh, yeah, that's huge. That's, and that's kind of, it kind of brings it up to par with Android from, you know, or iOS from that standpoint. So that's good. Yeah. That's a good thing that's going on there. And then I need to mess with Cortana just a little bit more. I have not. We, we were doing a little bit in pre-show. I haven't spent, I haven't had time to, but oh, I need God. to ask Cortana some questions and get a really good feel for... for it's crazy. Like, even stuff like, uh, let's try one. Who won the Twins game? I don't know if I'm on the internet. These demos always fail if you try to. Yeah, always do. Oh, here it goes. Here it goes. Tampa Bay raised nine to seven. So yeah, Tampa Bay yeah. beat us. But um, you know, just funny little questions or stuff like uh, what was one here? Sing me a song. Here's one I know. Should old acquaintance be for those? Never thought of That's actually a good voice. Yeah, not bad. Wow, not a bad singer for for a for a, a search engine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, there's some interesting things I think worth. You know, that has been an experience that's never worked on Android for me. That yeah. and uh, or uh, um, Samsung has something a S voice, I think, is what they yeah. call it. It just. Ugh. Yeah, and Google they have Google now, but. I mean, it's not really no. Yeah. No, it still doesn't work real well. So it'll be interesting to see how better, how much better Cortana is. Oh, before we move it, move on. I totally forgot. Uh, I can't believe I forgot. The keyboard is insanely good. So um, the the Windows Phone keyboard was always really good because it has the typing suggestions and stuff. But um, now it's a swipe keyboard, so you can swipe over the keys. And it works amazing. Um, it actually has the world record for the fastest keyboard right now. Oh, wow. um, on swipe, using the swipe mode. Yeah. So it's not even. A, it, that's the thing is, it's not even a, on Android. You have to go install another keyboard right. or iOS. It's not an option. Here, you just. It's just like on there. You can type if you want to, or you can just. It's it's hard to demo for me here, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, you yeah. can just you know, just swipe exactly to what you want, and it it will it will drop it in and. It's just comfortable because it's kind of impossible to type with 
with one finger. It's like too slow um, without it. But now I can really do really quick thumb typing with one thumb, and not two type, not two thumbs. So. Well, I watched a friend of mine do swipe, and man, she'd gotten really good at it. Yeah. You could tell she was using it a lot, and she was just like, "This is it, this is it, this is it, you know." Yeah, exactly. So, I need to get better. That's something I haven't. That's something I haven't. It hasn't worked for me. I'm usually talking to it, so I'll hit the microphone. Oh yeah, yeah, there you go. Just talk. That that works. I'm a talker. Yeah. So that works for me. Hey, as we uh, we we're kind of coming up on an hour, and I don't want to keep it too long. I do yeah. appreciate the time that you had here. I want to ask you a little bit about since this is Home Gadget Geeks, I want to talk to you a little bit about wearables. Okay. And uh, and kind of where you're at with that, and then as far as what you're using, and then where do you see Microsoft going in the in the wearable space? Or and you may not know anything around that, but where mm-hmm. where's Microsoft going? Yeah. So wearables are interesting right now. Um, you know, they're interesting in the same way that, like, I think about wearables when, it, uh, like, I think about the accelerometer in my phone, right? It's amazing to have that extra powerful kind of information, that sensor there, right? But it's really about what you do with it, right? Same thing with, um, you know, you could try to say that it's all different and, like, oh, a glass is different than a phone or a a watch is different than a tablet, but it's really about having the right capabilities at the right time. No one wants another thing, right? No one wants another store, another platform. Oh, I need to get the I need to get the Google Glassware for this. Uh, right. So like, and like nobody wants right. that. Yeah. They and it's kind of like today. Nobody wants to have like a tablet and then like oh I have my Mac I have my Mac. It's like a different thing. Like nobody like nobody wants that on purpose. They just want to be able to like tear the screen off and relax with their screen and have that be great with touch. And then when they want to get productive, then have the capabilities with a keyboard and all that efficiency and productivity there. And I think that same example of laptop um, to tablet and tablet to phone and kind of having the right thing at the right time applies for wearables too. It's not just about like, oh, it's a completely different thing. Throw away everything that you have now and like your world is disrupted. It's about okay, like, you know, maybe some inter- sometimes it's too heavy to bring your phone out of your pocket and that's like not a natural interaction. But you want to get some information that's on that. And it's like, well, no one wears a watch. I don't think everyone's gonna start wearing a watch, so I think that's kinda of dumb. Really? You think you think the watch is the whole watch idea is dead? I don't know. I mean this is this is what I think. I don't think it's yeah. dead, but it's like why would everyone just start wearing a watch? It's like, oh this yeah. is great. Like, no, like it's because it's people stop wearing a watch because once you have it close enough, it's like why jump the bar, jump jump the barrier? But you know, that's where I think there's interesting things with glass. But it, glass to me is kind of like tablet PC in 2001, right? Like they've got something that's like, oh, this is the future and cool. But like, this is not the thing that they, that everyone's gonna buy. Like, not no one's gonna buy Google Glass as they kind of talk about it. No, not um, in its current form. They're spending tons of marketing money, and they're like, I I uh, I had a chance to go to a conference here in Minneapolis, and I saw um, the guy who invented glass uh, as a researcher. Um, and he was a really interesting guy uh, because he had, you know, of course, was wearing it on on stage. And just like any researcher, 
he did the classic thing where he's like, oh, like this is, you know, you know, I thought of the most natural interaction, and like everyone will think this is natural. And it's like, well, like one of the things he talked about is the way you actually look up information on Google Glass is you look up, like you look up at the sky. And then he was teaching a class, and he says, oh, I just paused in the middle of talking and just looked up and like did a little bit of searching, and that was totally natural. And I was like, no, that's not natural. Like, that's just crazy. You just look like a crazy person. So uh, so I think there's a lot to be said there about, like, I'm wearing glasses now. I'd like it if I had the ability to get the type of information there without having to pull something out. But, you know, there's more work that needs to be done on the experience side, and we're still not there on the technology side. I think those things last, like, 50 minutes like or something like that in some cases, like if you're recording a video or, or doing any kind of photography. So it's, it's, it's kind of like a, a very expensive toy at this point. But I think, you know, that's, that's an opportunity. We'll see, we'll, see, we'll see a lot there. Yeah, I do think it's a good research project, yeah. right? Yeah. They're, they're doing something very, very unique from that standpoint. That I, I agree with you. I don't think glass will come out in its current, I mean, yeah. that's, that's not a world phenomenon right there, yeah. right? And you yeah. can't have people walking around with this big big Borg looking. It drives me nuts when I see him. I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool, but at first I was like, oh, that's cool. I should, I, I get, no, then I started seeing him in the wild, and I'm like, oh, that, I'm a nerd, but I don't know if I'm that kind of nerd. Well, and this uh, thing is like, you know, the Google would say like, oh, you know, like, everyone's going to be wearing these, and it's going to be great, but then, like, if you think about it, technology, the best technology is kind of invisible, right? Like, you shouldn't have to sacrifice, like, oh, maybe people will wear non-prescription glasses, or, you know, maybe they'll pay more for the lenses that can do the right thing. Or, yeah, well, certainly me, for me, that's the that's a big, you know, they, finally they now have some prescription lesson, lenses you can buy. Yeah, exactly. But I wasn't going to wear those over my yeah. glasses, you know. Yeah, I think, I think, I mean, same thing with tablets, right? You're like, you could have a really great idea, but it's nothing unless it happens at the right time, right? So right now, if you think about glassware and wearables, it's great because we have the small, like in terms of the right time, we have small technology, but we haven't made the right innovations in batteries and displays yet to have it really be like a thing yet. And the thing is, once we get flexible displays and we get great batteries, then it could be a contact lens. It could be... You know, maybe there's a world where you just kind of etch it on your eye. I don't know. Like, it's it doesn't have to be such a crazy thing if it's yeah. the right time. It just happens naturally. It will just happen. It's not like you have to force it to happen in this case. So, any any movement from Microsoft at all on wearables that you know? I don't think there's nothing that we that we've talked about definitely. Yeah. But you know, if you think about it's a big company. You know, I'm yeah. sure we're doing pretty much everything that you yeah. can think of. So yeah. It's, you know, we, to go back to the watch metaphor, I stopped wearing a watch a decade ago, right, <laughs> when I got my phone. It's funny how that just really died. I mean, there's yeah. still guys that wear watches, but not many anymore. Somewhere in here, I have my smartwatch, and oh, I, I ordered it in, like, 2002, and the thing is, that was, if you think about the smartwatch, it actually was more appropriate at that time, because people still wore watches, because right. they didn't have phones. Right. But, like... 
you know, now it's still kind of crazy. But um, I, I, when I got it in the mail, I was like, this is ridiculous. It's so big. Yeah. I, never, I never turned it on. I never put it on my wrist. I just kept it in the box. But then last year, I took it out and I booted it up, and it worked. I happened to boot it up the day before we shut down the wireless service, <laughs> like power. So I only got to use it for like four hours. <laughs> but it still worked. Yeah, still worked. Battery yeah. still charged. The you know the so for me with a watch right the we talked about we were talking about just just before we went live about running right yeah. and and oh so, there you go that's a great that's a great right for me I don't want to carry a phone when I run I'll just mm -hmm. you know and yeah. we experimented or I tried some with the Fitbit Flex which has been recalled and I got my money back <laughs> on it that's done and I've actually talked with some engineers at Garmin and said by the way I tried to get Garmin on the podcast too and that's like an act of Congress to try and get <laughs> some they were like a, po a pod what and I'm like why don't you guys have your own podcast are you kidding me you got all these athletes out there who would listen to anything you guys say you don't have yeah. a podcast yeah. anyways so I said to Garmin why are you not ripping off the Fitbit idea yeah. and embedding that in your already really good watches right and yeah. they you know, you talked about having huge computers. You know, those early Garmin. Yeah, you know, they were huge. They were, I mean, they were gigantic. And, and people and, wore them because you needed them, yeah. They did. It was horrible. Yeah. I wouldn't wear one. I'm like, I, listen, I barely wear any jewelry. I'm not going to wear a big computer on my. Yeah. Now, the new ones, 220s and that, and those series are really kind of, they're like the old big watches. Yeah. And so they're reasonable now at this point. But yeah. what I really want is a watch that does both GPS and steps, right? Yeah. I want to measure. That's that's one of those things that I want to measure. Nobody's doing that yet, and I, I can't believe Garmin. And maybe they're afraid of Fitbit going after them from that standpoint. I don't but know. It's like you got all that stuff in there, it can't be that hard. And then well, what I if it had some? What if that had some Bluetooth? So take that, right? Take Garmin's watch and put some Pebble-like functionality to be able yeah. to push messages. You already got a big honking... I shouldn't say that too big. Yeah. But you got a pretty big round screen on there, right? Push yeah. some notifications to it, Garmin. Come on. Exactly, exactly. And that's like a great example. Like, running with a phone is like... And some athletic stuff. Like, I'd love to have something like a, a watch, like a big fat watch, or like a glove UI or something while I'm snowboarding. Because then, like, I don't want to... I hate bringing my phone out because I know I'm going to drop it at snowbank. So, you know, athletics, you know, there's, I think there's definitely an opportunity there. But that goes back to my point about having the right form factor and the right technology at the right time. It shouldn't be like you have an entirely different ecosystem. It's just right. like, oh, I want something I can put on my wrist. Maybe, like, wouldn't it be great if I could just kind of, like, sh you know, squish my phone and just kind of, like, wrap it around my wrist? So it's, it's more like we need to get closer to that type of thing. Yeah. <coughs> no, I, I, I don't disagree with you on that. Yeah. The you know when you talk about like even Google Glass, it, it, when you talk about skiing, glass would be awesome, yeah. right? On the slopes, built in to yeah. your heads-up display, built into your yeah. uh, hey, you know, um, you're you're coming down here. Here's the trails, right? Here's where they go. And by the way, I'm recording what's going on. You yeah, know, so you there's actually a, there's actually a ski goggle company that that has that full-on heads-up display ski yeah. goggle that you can that you can get today that has all that in it. Awesome. Yeah, I, I I went as far as I even embedded. I sewed in my cell phone. You know, I took a pair of headphones from, yep. and I 
sewed them onto the inside, and then I put the microphone right on the top of the helmet. Oh, awesome. And so they just sit down, and so I can plug that in. And uh, and this was oh, a couple years ago now, but oh. I could use Bluetooth to do the same thing today if I yeah. wanted to. But yeah, so that built in that connectivity to my helmet. So in yeah. theory, then I could put my phone down here, and yeah. it would just sit there all day, and then yeah. I could take calls. Why would you? But you could. Well, I mean, it's, it's all about like just meeting up with people. You don't want to yeah. have to ever open that pocket, because as soon as you open it, then... It's danger zone. Yeah. Hey, you know, speaking of Microsoft, real quick, a link. We're big link customers at Gallup. Yeah. And today I was logging in. I got a new link phone. I got a, the IP connected mm-hmm. link phone. Yeah. Which is really yeah. Super powerful. And it's full voice command, which I didn't realize. I didn't know that. Like, oh, yeah, they're full voice. And then it, it said, you know, hey, what are your options? Do you want to listen to your message? Do you want to check your schedule? Do you want to listen to your email? I'm like, listen to my email. So I'm like, yes, I want to listen to my email. So it goes first, first email, and then it says from, and it the the because it's Active Directory aware. Yeah, it plays their voice, right? Their voice, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, from yeah. Susan, yeah it's exactly. Her voice saying that, yeah. and then it starts reading the email. And while we can't get, uh, while we can't get Link to do a very good job of transcribing the messages yet, I mean yeah. that's still kind of kind of bad. Yeah, it reads it really well. Yeah, and yeah. so I kind of started thinking, you know, man, I could start doing more of this in the car. Yep, that's uh, actually a good point. I should do that, just like having it read, so you can catch up on stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah. why, why wouldn't you just if you're driving and it's all voice activated? That's awesome. Why would you, I, I haven't tried the Link client on Android yet to see if that, you know, this yeah. is it. This is a space where Link is still. We still got a little bit of work to do on Link. Is get it every, get it the same everywhere. Like, yeah. Outlook could be better that way too. Although I think we're moving away from Outlook clients, yeah. but Link Link on Windows Phone they just shipped uh, Link 2013, I think I think is what it's called a few months ago. Um, it's really nice because now you can actually from the phone you can watch um, like videos and present presented uh, like someone shares their screen, you can see that on your phone. You can chat, um, so it has. Uh, the Link app on Windows Phone has a lot of the same power that um, you get with the with the desktop client, which is really nice. Yeah, no, I've I've really liked it. I wish it had better uh, Hangout functionality like this, right? This yeah. is I, I still this is experience for us podcasters. This is a dynamite experience, right? I mean, it's like Google Plus was built. You know, Hangouts were built for us. Mm-hmm. Link is still I, like I can't go live anywhere like mm-hmm. this with Link. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't get, I can only get five, you know, five photos to show up or five videos to show up on the link client. So it's not, they're not, I don't think Microsoft's thinking that way and that's okay. It makes, you can record yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. No, and that's okay. That's not where they're really trying to get the enterprise right, right? The enterprise experience. How can I get an executive to do a one click connect to a conference call? Yeah, because that's yeah. really important. Because yeah. most of the times they don't want to. If it's two clicks, they're not going to join, <laughs> right? You know, yeah. and uh, and how can I record the conversation so we can play it back later? And how those kinds of things are, are uh, very simple and uh, and very easy with Link. So yeah, so cool. Um, anything else from a Microsoft perspective looking forward that uh, that you're particularly excited about that uh, that you can share with us? Uh, I'm excited, really excited about seeing the future of more devices. You know, I love the icon. I love the new Nokia's that they talked about. Nokia, I think, is officially part of the of Microsoft. I think, I think that it was is now. Yeah. So that's great. Um, I'm really excited about Satya. You know, we kind of had a quick conversation about that. Quick story. So yeah. here's my 
some more uh, kind of office wear. This is, uh, at Microsoft, we have these shippets. So every time we ship a product, they give us a little badge that we can put on our, on our ship it plaque. Um, but the first one on here is uh, Microsoft CRM uh, version 3.0. But that's, what I, that's the first product I, I worked on when I started at Microsoft. But uh, I actually, like I said, I did two internships. And the first product for my first internship was Microsoft CRM version 1.0. Um, and it was like kind of a startup project that we were working on. And um, the interns got to meet the management uh, kind of for a lunch. So me and three of the other interns had lunch with Satya, uh, who was the manager at the time. And we just nice. uh, kicked back and asked some questions like, oh, how do you think the, that we can grow at the company? And that, you know, what do you think is important about, you know, the product? And because at the time he was, I think, the director um, of um, the some of the uh, CRM and Dynamics tools uh, before he moved over to Bing uh, as, a, as a VP. So, um, yeah, really, really cool. He's a, and he's yeah. a great guy. Even at the time, you know, just be, you know, spending an hour and a half with a couple of interns back in 02 just to, you know, answer some questions and, you know, get us, get us comfortable with the company. So uh, I'm really excited. He has an engineer mind, you know, which is great to have uh, because we're an engineering company. Um, and then also, you know, he talked about this. He really brings the kind of culture of data to the company. Like there's, you know, there's kind of an attitude sometimes where people think like, oh, let's just kind of gut feel this or kind of wing this thing. Um, he's really about, you know, making sure that we're collecting and, and, and using data correctly to, to, to make decisions. And with Bing, you know, I, as much as I work with them, they're really a data-driven um, group. And there's a lot of power that you get out of just using all the data that you have to, to make the right decision. So I'm excited about that being uh, more more wide street, my, more uh, widespread. Yeah, good. I, I'm excited for Microsoft. I mean, I, it'll be we'll be back on campus in I think early November for the summit. And, okay, uh, it's for us. It's always a good opportunity to hang out and and meet every once in a while. You know, even at the summit, you run across a few of the senior guys. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, that, uh, that come through. And, and so that's kind of fun to get uh, to get their attention for a few minutes. And, and you know, the MVP community is an interesting one because I think it plays less of a, it has a less of an influence on the organization than maybe it had 10 years ago or something along mm -hmm. those lines. But it's still fun to get on campus. They're still good to us. And yeah. uh, it's good to get on campus and see what's going on there. I'm, I'm fairly excited. I mean, I'm, I'm really excited about the, a lot of the directions they're going. Uh, you know, I uh, I picked up a Surface when I was out there last time. They had a great deal on it. Great. I used it, and then my daughter started uh, eyeballing it, and uh, and she was like, uh, you know, her her PC was really struggling. Mm -hmm. I said, hey, you just want to take it? And she yeah. was, really? <laughs> yeah. Do you want? I'll just give it to you. And she's like, yeah. uh, yes. And she just loves that thing. I mean, yeah. I, I asked her, she's had it now, I don't know, three months maybe? Yeah. And I asked her the other day, hey, do you want to give that Surface back? She's, <laughs> no. But that um, was the thing. My wife, I, I bought it right when the Surface came out. I, I bought bought her that one. And um, I was like, oh, you know, like, we should upgrade you to a Surface too. Or, you know, like, you know, I, get you something else. And she's like, no. Like, you, you can't take it away. Like, it's, like, her thing. Like, she uses it for everything from watching Hulu to her sending emails and stuff. 
uh, and she's like she has no problems with it. She just uses it like day in and day out as her kind of main. She doesn't have a laptop at all. She just uses that yeah. for for everything. Yeah. Yeah, I think I would go now, so I'm surfaceless at the moment because she took my <laughs> surface. Um, and I actually I had a yoga that uh, that I, I passed on to my uh, yoga 13 that I passed okay. on to my daughter-in-law. She needed a new computer. You know, I get this stuff. I try it out for a while, <laughs> yeah. and then they start stacking up, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Oh, hey, do you want to take this? And 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 uh, that that was a really you know a very very nice uh, Windows you know machine yeah, that nice. worked out very well and. Uh, so I'm kind of eyeballing. I think at this point I'll kind of wait and see where Surface goes. I it, what, whatever the the third version of that uh, ends up being. Whenever we see, mm-hmm. you have any you have any update on that or, at all? What's, no, what's no I don't. I don't. I don't know anything about uh, any any Surface stuff coming. Yeah. Um, what I do think are exciting um, are some of the new form factors that are dropping. Um, I give out a lot of these uh, Dell venues. Dell Venue Eight. Uh, Dell Venue Pro. This is just a box, but um, these are nice. Yeah, it's no, really, they've gotten great reviews in our community. Yeah, it's it's because yeah. I think you can get one of these for like two hundred bucks if you can find the right sale, or you know, three fifty or three hundred without. But um, when you pick that up and you use it on an eight-inch screen, and you never touch the desktop, you realize kind of how good Windows is as a fully mobile operating system, and the Dell Venue has a Miracast in it. You like? You ever heard of Miracast? No, I haven't. I don't use it. No. Oh, it's great. It's I, I bought this dongle. Just plug it into the HDMI port in the back of my TV, and then I can mirror any Windows 8.1 device oh, yeah. yep. to that display totally wirelessly. Just and it's just like it was already plugged in. It just you just use it. So I've been using that a ton for like just watching TV or. You know, you know, just like surfing the web with, you know, like my brother and sister-in-law, my my sister and brother-in-law are looking for a house, so we all were looking for a house together on the TV. So, you know, it's Miracast is awesome. I definitely recommend people pick up one of those little. If they have Windows 8.1, picking up uh, the uh, Miracast Action Tech has one. There's a bunch of them, but um, those are super powerful if you want to just project stuff. It's so good. Yeah, Surface Mini. Any any. A lot of rumors about it. Yeah, uh, so you, you don't know. You would say even if you knew. Uh, I wouldn't say it. <laughs> They're asking me in chat. I gotta. I, I'm obligated. Yeah, to ask you gotta ask. Questions. You gotta ask. And then Tim also asked Tim Black. He's he's actually one of our Windows Phone guys uh, out there as well. Uh, ship dates uh, for eight one in some of these carriers, and I imagine it's up to the carriers when they ship the. Yeah, the I think there, there are some. You know, it, it does happen more 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 frequently. I think than than some of the Android releases. But um, you know, if you want it, then you can get it through. The, I just put the developer template. thing on it exactly. and install it. That's what I, that's what I've done. It's essentially, yeah, essentially anyone can get that app because if you can log in with your App Studio and App Studio is free and open to everyone, so just you, sign up for it. And then it's you're done. On, you're done. It's free. It used to be like ten bucks, but or twenty yeah. bucks or whatever yeah. it was, and that's free well, now. Yeah. And you can throw that on there, and that works out. Uh, that yeah. works out really well. Well, cool. David, it's always great spending time with you. Thanks for giving me an hour, yeah. a little hour plus. It's good to yeah. catch up with you. We'll need to uh, we'll we need to plan something for maybe towards the end of the summer and have you sure on thing. again. And yeah, hopefully we'll have some more more gadgets and yeah, yeah. No, you know, enough time. Always enough time to see where things are going and and uh, you know, I think uh, we're we're in for an exciting summer of some things coming up. And there's always something going on at Microsoft. Yep, so. definitely. 
And then we'll probably, I'll probably see you at HTC then too, whenever that, when that comes up. I saw some uh, saw some uh, some emails about the plannings of that starting. So. Oh, good. All right. Uh, yeah. No. Oh, you think you'll come down for it? Oh yeah, I'd love to. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Well, we'll get you on the podcast there. Okay, so the company that runs that now uh, it, what, is the one that I was going with. Uh, well, it's too complicated. Yeah. I will definitely have you on. Yeah, you come down. We will. We'll get you on again, and that. Yeah, one. sure. We'll just just hang out. Just grab a beer. Yeah, no, it'd be. Yeah, no, it'd be great to spend some time with you as well, and and uh, we continue to. Um, that conference, I think, is just going to get bigger. Yeah, it's great. So I like it. It's down changed there. changed owners this year. There's a oh, new okay. owner of it, and uh, they've got some pockets. So okay, yeah, we'll see where that goes. So cool. Hang tight, uh, hang tight, David, for one second though. Let me do a little sure. uh, as we send this out. Let me do a little housekeeping. I will remind individuals, uh, Cyber Frontiers is completely launched on its own now. So if you've been listening to that through the Home Tech feed or through the Home Gadget Geeks feed and uh, and you want to keep getting it, I, the last version, which was 3, uh, has come through the feed. From here on out, you will need to uh, subscribe to it. If you head out to theaverageguy.tv, uh, just theaverageguy.tv, look at the Cyber Frontiers section on the top or on the right-hand side. All the links you'll ever need for Cyber Frontiers are there, so you can... If you if you liked that podcast and you want to continue to listen to it, get subscribed to it. it means a lot to Christians that you listen to it. So go out there and get that done. More from Christian as we get into the summer as well. Although he's going to work two jobs this summer, so we'll see how much Christian we get uh, on Cyber Frontiers. But a fairly exciting. Um, we're doing some cool stuff with big data and uh, and cybersecurity on that podcast. So you might want to. View, you know, you might want to get subscribed to that as well. I want to thank you for the Amazon using the Amazon link. A couple of you have just sent and dropped me notes saying you're using it, and we appreciate that. We continue to roll that back into what we call the Tech Scholarship Fund. So if you're wanting something to try to test out, and uh, and you'd like to, uh, you'd like, but you, you know, maybe the accounting department can't find the money for you. Let me know. We'll buy it for you. You get to use it. Uh, you all you have to do is write a little post or come on the podcast and talk about it, and you get to keep it. David, doesn't that sound like a pretty good deal? That sounds yeah. sweet. I like it. I was like, how do I get it on that? <laughs> Just send me a note. <laughs> oh, you got plenty of gadgets, uh, I'm sure, to, to work on. And then now that you showed that Venue 8, I'm thinking, man, maybe I should buy that for myself. Maybe I should <laughs> yeah. be my it's next, cool. It's cool. Look, look for a sale. It's, it's good. Really yeah. Good. Yeah. Well, at 200 bucks, I mean, that's... Yeah. Um, that's pretty easy to get. We are here every Thursday night, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out at theaverageguy.tv uh, slash live. And uh, actually, next week, uh, David, you'll probably appreciate this guy, Michael Crump. I don't know if you met him at H at the Heartland Developer Conference last time. He works for Telerec. Oh, cool, yeah. He's a huge Windows Phone guy, and yeah. we, we spend a bunch of time. He's on next week, and he's a mobile developer, and he's yeah. a wicked mobile developer. I mean, this is one of those guys that can make your phone do anything. Awesome. And so Michael is all set and queued up for next week. He'll be on I'll the podcast watch. here. Yeah, come on, ask him some questions. That would yeah. be. He's a pretty. He speaks all over the world on oh, mobile course. development. He was in, he was in Belgium a while back. He's been in Europe. He's been you know in Asia. He the, the Telerec uh, moves yeah, him all around. Great. So he'll be on next week and join us uh, right here, theaveragueguy.tv/live, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern. David, thanks again, and uh, we'll be back next week. Good night, everybody. Yep.